Greetings in Jesus' name. I'm Bishop Chester Wright, and this is the uh, video teaching series, The Second Commandment, Loving Others. This is part three of the uh, the series, the, the different parts of the subject of uh, God's love, the love of God. This is part. This is part three of the series, and this part uh, is uh, the title of this part or the series of videos in this part is the second commandment, loving others. Uh, this is lesson two, and uh, the title of this is loving others is a commandment. Now we kind of ended the last lesson with this, and but let's we're going to cover this a from a different perspective now. Let's let Jesus do the talking. How about that? John chapter 13, verses 34 through 35. Jesus talking. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. Notice that Jesus called it a new commandment, but what he actually was doing was putting a new emphasis and a new perspective on the second greatest commandment. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. So the second greatest commandment is to love others as you love yourself. But now... In this new command, he just amped the whole thing up. It's not about what I got. It's who gave it. And that if he gave it to me, I have a uh, spiritual responsibility and he has the right to expect me to give to others what he gave me. And it's, uh, here it is again. A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another, as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. Now, the second commandment is, I'm to love others as I love myself. In the new command, I'm supposed to love others as Jesus loved me. Uh. However Jesus loves me, that's how I'm supposed to love others. And if I received his love without condition, couldn't earn it or deserve it, then I have to give that love to others, whether they deserve it or, or not, whether they earn it or not, whether it's even somebody I like or not. Because the Greek word philio, which is the human affection love, but God also talks about it. It's a, it's having a fondness for someone. It's liking someone. The reason agape is superior to filio is God's love is able to help me love people or to love through me people that I may not even like. And when I say I don't like them, it doesn't mean they're bad people. It just means that, uh, you know, I've got some really good friends, people I have great respect for. Great, great respect for. Men that uh, would do anything in the world for me and I'd do anything in the world for them. But there are things they don't ask me to do. 
uh, I've got preacher friends that are just really good people that love me. Uh, but they've never invited me to go hunting with them. And they've never invited me to go fishing with them. Why? Because they don't want to be with me or we, uh, they think I wouldn't want to be with them. No, uh-uh. they know I don't hunt and I don't fish. I don't. I just don't have the patience for it. Uh, sitting in a deer stand at uh, in the dark uh, early in the morning, freezing myself to death to be able to take one shot and kill an animal, I then have to somehow get out of the woods. Uh, there are people that just, uh, that's exciting to them. I don't understand it, but I don't condemn them for it. I don't understand it. I don't like that. I don't want to do that. But that doesn't mean they're bad people at all. There are people that are sitting in a boat and, 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 and cast a, a hook all day long, whether they catch anything or not. And they're just having the best time. I don't have the patience for that. Golf tries me enough. It just tries my patience enough. I've had to learn how to have peace playing golf. And I have. I do. I, I, I don't get all uptight playing golf anymore. Don't get angry when I had a bad shot. Because it's not life and death, and uh, it's a nice place to be. Golf courses are beautiful, and I get a chance to fellowship with somebody. Uh, I like golf. I know guys that hunt and fish don't like golf. Fine. I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with that. I know some guys that like rodeos and go to rodeos that wouldn't ever think of going to a ball game. Well, I, I don't like to go to ball games either. I prefer the, the camera angle. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I've gotten to where I don't like to watch a ball game live because I don't want to, I don't, especially if it matters to me who's going to win because I don't want my emotions all worked up in that. And there are guys that say, well, don't tell me the score because they like the tension of wondering who's going to win. I don't like that. I want peace. I don't like that. So I prefer. To not watch a game except it's recorded, and I'm not going to watch it if they lost. If my team lost, I don't want to watch it. I got better things to do. I don't sit there and find out how they lost. I don't sit there and see how they won, and watch it. Been there, done that. That's over. Let's go about my business. I don't do that very often, but occasionally. Now you may not like that. You may not agree with that. Well. Be careful that you don't condemn yourself in the stuff you do do. Be careful when you and I condemn others for doing stuff that we don't like, don't want to do. When we do stuff that's exactly like that and you tell them, well, I do this, it's bad. Oh, I, it's, I don't like you doing that. That's bad for you to do that. Oh, but I, right. Now, I don't miss church to go golf. I know people that miss Church because it's deer season. But they condemn me for playing golf. I don't miss church to go, go play golf. I don't miss prayer to go play golf. By the grace of God. I'm not trying to be critical or comparing myself with anybody. I'm just trying to make the point. Everybody's got strong opinions on what these people shouldn't do. People would be shocked at the stuff they do. I had a preacher come preach for me one time. 
And uh, he said, uh, I love you. We're friends, but I can't come if you're going to video me. And uh, so when he came to the house, I had closed the doors on my video screen and my video player. It wasn't a TV. It was a video screen and player. But I closed the door on the cabinet. She's in the house. Out of respect to him. We're sitting eating after church one night. And uh, he says, hey, have you, you and your family been to Branson, Missouri? I said, yeah, I've been there one time. He said, once. We go every year at least. Okay, and what do you do there? He said, we go to those shows. I said, okay. So it would be wrong for me to watch I Love Lucy or to record you preaching a gospel message. But it's okay to go to those shows where they're singing worldly songs and they're performing for the applause of men. And sometimes the way that folks are dressed is not very modest. I asked him that, and he got angry with me. I didn't have a problem with him going to Branson. I had a question about his inconsistency. Now, the Bible says every man stands or falls to his own master. Why is this message, this lesson, so critical? Why is it, why is it so critical? Because in the fellowship that I'm a part of, there's just not a lot of love one for another. Everybody's got an opinion about what somebody else does or doesn't do, which is totally contrary to Scripture, of course. Because if they really believed that person was wrong and that was their brother, they would go to that brother in love and entreat him not to do those things and give him the scriptural basis for why he shouldn't do that. But that never happens. It never happens. I say it never happens. It happens so rarely that you almost never hear of it happening. And you can go on Facebook and see all kind of criticism of people. But I want to know if how much you've prayed for that person you're criticizing. Because if I love them, I want them to go to heaven because I receive God's love because I want to go to heaven. I want to go be with Jesus. I don't want to go to hell. And if I love them, then I want them to go to heaven. And if I want them to go to heaven, I'm not going to talk about them criticizing behind their back. If, if I really believe that my brother, because I am my brother's keeper, if I really believe that what my brother was doing was jeopardizing his soul, and he was going to go to hell for it, he may not receive me. He may not like me doing it. But I'm going to go to him with the right attitude and spirit and out of love plead with him. And I'm going to not tell him my opinion. I'm going to lay out the scripture for him, for him to see that the era of his ways, he that uh, uh, I don't remember how it goes. James chapter five, the last two verses. That if I if I help my brother recover himself out of sin, I've uh, saved a soul from hell and uh, covered a multitude of sins. I can't. It's blank right now. I can't repent. Can't, can't uh, read it. But we will, we will cover it in these lessons, I promise you, because I know it's in the notes. 
so if that's the case, if I really love my brother and the love of God is really in me, if I really believe what my brother was doing was jeopardizing his soul, then I'd be compelled by the love of God to communicate with him as one who loved him and say, this is, this isn't good. I've been praying for you and I'm concerned, not condemning you. Just want to lay this out and I'm going to leave it between you and God because I've been praying for you and I love you because God loves you. And, uh, I, I, I'm hoping that you won't do that. I've done that. I have done that. I've done it many times as often as the Holy Ghost has told me to do that. The love of God has compelled me to do it. Now, I'm going on with Jesus' words, John 15, verses 9 through 17. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue you in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Now, we think, well, okay, well, if I end up having to die for my brother, I, I would do that. No. This principle is far more broad and encompassing than that. First uh, John chapter 3, verse 16 says, And hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us. We ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. So greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. How do I do that? It's preferring them over myself. Oh, boy, that's where it really, that's, that's where the old cliche happens, isn't it? Where the rubber meets the road. That's where the rubber meets the road, right there. Preferring others over myself. Putting their needs and welfare ahead of mine. Uh, and notice, notice in these verses, he's talking about saved people. Now, he does tell us to love our neighbor, and he does tell us to love our enemies. But I can't love my neighbor, and I can't love my enemies unless I first love my brother. Because the scripture says, if I can't love my brother whom I have seen, how can I love God whom I have not seen? Uh. So not only is keeping God's commandments the way I demonstrate my love for God and the fact that I've received his love, but the second way that I demonstrate I've received his love is by loving those that are my brothers that I have seen as proof that I am loving the God that I have not seen. Verse 15, Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not 
what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends for all things that I have heard of my father I have made known unto you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go forth, go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he may give it you. These things I command you, that ye love one another. <laughs> oh, praise God. Now, those, are, those two passages were quotes of the man Christ Jesus. Now, let's uh, read. Those were, were penned by the Apostle John. But now let's go to the writings of the Apostle John, the epistle, first, first epistle of John, and hear John saying these same things uh, that Jesus said, but saying them in a little, not a different way than the, the Lord gave it to us, but... Um, well, you'll see. It's just, uh, it's taking what Jesus said and emphasizing it and expanding on it. Why? Because Jesus spoke to people before they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. John is speaking specifically to those who are in the church. They've been baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. So, 1 John chapter 3, verse 23. And this is his commandment that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. And he that keepeth his commandments dwelleth in him, and he in him dwelleth in God and God in him. And hereby we know that he abide in us by the Spirit which he hath given unto us. And of course, Romans 5 and 5 says, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. So when we receive the Spirit of God, we receive God. When we receive God, we receive the love of God, because God is love. I cannot have God in my life without having the love of God in my life, because God is love. If I don't have the love of God in my life, I don't have God in my life. 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, and because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother, whom he hath seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And his commandment have we from, and this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God loveth his brother also. Now, the Gospel of John, the first epistle of John, excuse me, is so focused on the love of God from beginning to end. Either directly or indirectly, the whole epistle is focused on loving God. 
But First John four four has some absolutely dumbfoundingly deep uh, statements and a principle about God, His love for us, God being love. In fact, twice in First John four, Paul says God is love. Twice, God is love. Twice in just one chapter. And if I'm not mistaken, that exact statement is not made anywhere else in the Bible. God is love. God loves us. But John went so far under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost as to actually equate God and love. Love and God being one and the same. Not two parts, but one and the same. I can't talk about the love of God without talking about God. I can't talk about the God without talking about the love of God. You can't, you can't separate God from his essential being, his essential nature. Love is who he is. Now he is spirit. That's what he is. But who he is is love. So you can talk about God as spirit. That's what he is. The infinite spirit. The I am infinite spirit. But who he is, is love. And I can know the what. I can have the what and not fellowship with the who. I can have the the spirit, especially in my spiritual infancy, as I am just beginning to grow in God after I've become a babe in Christ, newborn, I can have the Spirit without and, and fellowship and have the what and fellowship with the what without knowing the who personally. It's like a newborn babe. Uh, they, they claim, medically, they claim that a newborn babe will recognize its mother's voice, its mother's touch. And there is some evidence that some babies actually recognize their father's voice, their father's touch, which is a little bit more miraculous in my opinion because obviously the mother carried that child for approximately nine months. So uh, there is this recognition. But when that baby comes out of the womb, it doesn't really know for certain, okay, what? what? What are those people? They're my parents. Who are they? What is their character? What is their motive? What are they about? Who are they? God, what God is is spirit. Who God is is love. If I don't know the love of God, I don't know the who God. I don't know him. I don't know him. And so, here it is our love made perfect that we may have boldness on the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love because perfect love casteth out fear because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he's a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he hath seen how can he love God whom he hath not seen? And this is this commandment have we from him. John was there and heard Jesus say, A new commandment I give you in John 13. John is the one that wrote it down. 
And this commandment have we from him, that he who loveth God loveth his brother also. Now, that doesn't mean I always agree with my brother. That doesn't mean I always approve of his choices. Sometimes I don't approve because I, I haven't been talking about God, with God about the stuff he has. And so he has a direction from God that I don't see because it's not my business. But then our brother makes choices, lifestyle choices sometimes. Our brothers sometimes make lifestyle choices that we're not comfortable with. It's not what God wants us to do. Well, in that context, in that context, then it is a problem. Because I have to discern and understand the difference between approving of my brother's choices and loving my brother. We have the same father. If I'm saved, we've got the same mother. New Jerusalem, which is the church, is the mother of us all, Galatians chapter 4. So our mother's the church, our father's God. We, we're, we're, we're brothers. We're brothers and sisters in Christ. And if I am running down my brother, I'm proving I don't know God. Now, I can say about anything to my father about my brother. And he will give me his perspective on all of that. Because ultimately, I talk through those things about my brother with my father. And my father then lets me see my brother the way he sees my brother and love my brother. And he may say, well, I, I agree, these things are concerned, uh, but, but continue to pray, and together we will see something happen in their lives. Because the book says, judge nothing, and I'm going to add here because someone is a part of something. Don't judge anything, and somebody is a part of anything. Judge nothing before the time. And how many people have we given up on because of what they've done? Totally, totally discounting the ability of the love of God to work in their life and ultimately save them. I have said to people before, backsliders. I've said to saints that are struggling. I've said to lost people in this world. The greatest problem you've got is the love of God. Because he loves you too much to just let you go without doing things to get your attention. That's how much he loves us. He loves us so much. He's not going to just stand back and wring his hands and go, Oh, this is so bad. I, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know. He knows what to do. He knows how to get our attention. And that's the problem. To go to hell, I have to go to hell rejecting the work of the love of God in my life. To backslide, I've got to reject the work of the love of God. The sweet, gentle voice of Jesus talking to me. I've got to ignore it because it's too gentle. I'm going to listen to the screaming voice in my head, not to the gentle voice. The one that's condemning. The one who's saying, that's not right. They're wrong. They shouldn't be doing it. No, 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 no. No. And how many times have we criticized somebody that wasn't our business? What do I mean? What do I mean? Not our business. Well... Are you that person's pastor? Are you that person's oversight? If you really cared about them, you'd talk to God. If you were that concerned, the first person you'd talk to would be that person's oversight. That person's covering. 
2 John chapter 1, I'm going to read verses 3 through 6. Grace be with you, mercy and peace from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children working in truth as we have received a commandment from the Father. And now I beseech thee, lady, speaking of the church, as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment, that as ye have heard from the beginning, ye should walk in it. Here's the second epistle of John. And after he wrote all that stuff in First John, he, he was under the unction of the Holy Ghost and the urgency of the Holy Ghost to reconfirm and restate the basics of what he had already written to them. They needed to hear it again. And then finally, I'm going to close out this lesson with Romans 13, verses 8 through 10. Owe no man anything but to love one another. <laughs> I don't owe people that. Oh, really? Does God love you? Have you received love from God? If you received God's love for you, you are now a debtor, as Paul said. You didn't earn that. You didn't deserve that. God didn't give it to you because you were better than everybody else. God loved you. He gave you his love as a gift. The principle of the gospel is freely you receive, freely give it. Whatever it is you've received from God, you're supposed to be giving it freely. Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. Paul made it very clear that if I receive the love of God and I receive the benefits of the love of God, the washing away of my sins, the burying of my past, the resurrection from my dead self into walking in newness of life, the righteousness, peace, and joy of the Holy Ghost, the kingdom of God working in me, Grace, mercy, and peace from the Father. The spirit of power, the spirit of love, the spirit of a saved mind. If I've received all this stuff, I didn't get that because I was good. I didn't get that because I was better than other people. I didn't get that because I was more deserving than them. I received all that because God in his love offered that to me and I I received it. And the Greek word for receive... And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, which is used very frequently in Scripture, is lambano. And it doesn't mean to passively sit back and have it stuffed down your throat. The word lambano means you reach out and take what is being offered. You receive it all right because you didn't initiate it. And you didn't talk God into it. He initiated it. He provided for it. He paid all the price for it. And now he is offering it to us as a gift of his love. But we still have to reach out and take that. And the fact that God has offered all of that and we reached out and take it makes us debtors to everybody that doesn't have that or used to have it and gave it up in their lack of understanding and wisdom and whatever. For this, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear, bear false witness, thou shalt not covet. 
And if there be any other commandment, it is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. I've said it so many times. You can go to church faithfully. Be the first one there, last one to leave. You can pay your tithes on mint, anise, and cumin. You can obey everything the pastor's thinking and hadn't even said. You can be the most separated person out, outwardly that's ever walked the face of this earth. You're so separated that people don't even know if you're a human being. And be lost. Because you don't love God by keeping all of his commandments. And you don't love God by letting him love others through you, which is the second commandment. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that the spirit of soberness and conviction would come upon you as it's come upon me, and that according to 2 Corinthians 13, 5, we would examine ourselves through the word of God and the spirit of God to let the word and the spirit of God talk to us, to examine ourselves, to see if we are in the faith. Because if we're not in the faith, we're reprobate. And that word reprobate means we're lost and don't have a clue and have no ability to ever have a clue because God has given up on us. So in Jesus' name, receive his word and his spirit ministering to you as I have done the same. In Jesus' name, amen. 